Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. I'm thinking about that passage in the Gospel of John where Jesus says, uh, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The full verse is, if you remain in my word, Jesus says, um, and my word remains in you, then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I'm just so struck by the power of assumptions, uh, the, the power of our governing assumptions to shape our lives. Mm-hmm. And everybody has them. You, know, you can call it your, your worldview. You can call it your doctrine, your beliefs, your convictions. But I think assumptions is a better word because most of this stuff we haven't really thought through. I mean, not really, uh-huh. you know. Um, they're just assumptions that we make about life. And we've been talking about you know, the sort of set of governing assumptions. It's absolutely killing the church um, and just crippling Christianity in the West right now. Um, and I want to throw in another one today. I was um, talking to a friend uh, several months ago now, and she was sick, and she'd been sick for a long time. It wasn't, it wasn't a life-threatening illness. She'd just been really sick, I think some sort of bronchitis. And... Um, she said to me, she said, oh, she said, I sure hope that I learn what God has for me in this so that I can get better. And the assumption was that I'm sick because God wants me to be sick. I'm sick because God made me sick, uh, that this is you know, part of his plan for my life. And uh, whoa, I, uh, it just got me realizing that, uh, oh, this crippling assumption that's really, really common uh, among Christians right now is this uh, assumption that everything that happens to me is the will of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if it happened, you know, it, it, was, uh, it was God's will for me. And that is a disabling mm-hmm. uh, belief that, that – that is so emasculating that you're going to find out how crippling that is the more that you unpack that. Because if you believe that, for example, well, then why pray? Mm-hmm. Why, why would you pray that things be different if this is God's will for you? There's no point in prayer. And John, I, I mean, how many of us really pray, period, about much of anything? And I, I think that's the underlying assumption. Huh. That my prayer simply – does not make a difference. Well, God will do whatever God chooses. Okay, that's huge. I didn't connect that. I've often wondered why people don't pray much. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll even have like these group times of prayer, you know, in in a home Bible study or something. And and uh, man, I'm ready to go. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff to pray about, and you kind of leave those open moments yeah. to let someone else in the group. You kind of allow the awkward silence, and nobody prays. And and you're saying. It doesn't make any difference, my prayers. Yeah. It really doesn't. Why We've, pray? Why pray? See, th- this is a crippling belief, this idea that everything that happens to me is the will of God. For another example, because you're not going to resist spiritual warfare then. 
mm-hmm. you know, back to a previous podcast where we talked about that crippling assumption that there isn't warfare or that you're not supposed to do anything about it, you know, when we're commanded mm-hmm. <laughs> to fight it. Um, you know, well, why fight it? Mm-hmm. You know, this discouragement I'm under, uh, this physical assault, whatever it might be, you know, why pray or, or why battle it? Because, uh, I'm just gonna, I, it's my destiny. It's my lot in life. This must be God's plan for me to live under it. Mm-hmm. And we need to pause here and clarify. We believe God is sovereign. Amen. We believe that He is sovereign over heaven and earth. But you have to understand that in his sovereignty, God has given to angels and to men what Pascal called the dignity of causation. The bottom line is that do people make meaningful choices, Mm -hmm. right? You have to answer that question one way or another, you know, and there's a whole camp that's so afraid, really afraid of sort of losing grip on the overall sovereignty of God that they end up saying, no, not really. People don't make meaningful choices. I I didn't choose to wear this white T-shirt today. God Mm -hmm. chose it for me. Mm -hmm. I I didn't choose to say the sentence I just said in this podcast. God chose that for me because they're they're so concerned about protecting the sovereignty of God. They minimize uh, human choices. But you can't do that with a biblical worldview. I mean the scripture is full of you are accountable for your actions. Mm-hmm. You know, choose you this day, Joshua says, whom you will serve. You know, I mean, on and on it goes. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jesus says, how I long to let you, you know, under my wings, take you under my wings. But you wouldn't let me. You know, Jerusalem was not letting the God of the universe, do something on their behalf. Human mm-hmm. choices in the scripture are portrayed as incredibly meaningful, mm-hmm. powerful, weighty. Right? And, and so what we're describing is, oh, yes, God's sovereign. Mm-hmm. But God has granted the dignity of causation. And in fact, the, for example, the book of James says that God doesn't cause anybody to sin. James says, don't, don't you go blaming that on God, right? Mm-hmm. People sin out of their own choices, right? And and he says, and, and then there's terrible consequences. He calls it death. The sin brings about terrible consequences. Well, okay, so if God's granted to human beings and to angels, you know, meaningful choices and those choices have consequences, then a whole lot of mm-hmm. what you are experiencing in your life is not the will of God for you, but the consequences of the choices of men and angels. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, can God redeem it? He can. You know, is, are things out of control? Oh, no, by no means. But you live in a world where the actions of others have powerful consequences, as do your own. And so this idea that everything that happens to you is the will of God is so utterly crippling because there's a whole lot happening to us that's awful, mm-hmm. you know? And so that divorce, right? Someone's listening and they're saying, so my parents divorced, that was the will of God? That that father is sexually abusing his little girl tonight? Mm-hmm. That's God's will for her? Mm-hmm. It may help some of the theological types listening, you know, to say there's the permissive will of God, right? And and the direct will of mm-hmm. God, you know, and there's different categories here, but mm-hmm. you just have to answer the question, do people make meaningful choices? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And if you say no, then, then you have a certain view of God's sovereignty and it's God the micromanager. You know, and if you say, yeah, no, people do make meaningful choices, then you have got a world to deal with here mm-hmm. where not everything that happens to you is the will of God. And that is a very hopeful thought. Mm-hmm. It's not a scary thing, actually. It's not a world out of control. It's a world of incredible possibility. Now, prayer matters, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Why would Jesus teach us in the famous Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, why would Jesus teach us, urge us, model us to pray that God's will is done on earth as it is done in heaven if God's will is always done on earth as it is done in heaven? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You see that? It's a silly prayer. You know, but he says, no, please pray, pray that that the kingdom of God comes, that the will of God is done on this earth because there was a disaster. The angels fell. Men fell. You know, there's a whole lot going on in this world right now that is not God's desire, his heart, his intention for you. And, And to know that is to rescue you from passivity. Bingo resignation, right? Just that dull acceptance of, well, I guess this is just my lot, you know, and believing some terrible things about God. And it also opens up just incredible hopefulness that things can change. Mm -hmm. Things can be different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The fruit I see from this this, uh, overextended belief in sovereignty is a micro- managing God is just the passivity it produces, John. I mean, my teenage daughter is going out with a a young man who I suspect is using drugs and immoral. Uh, Do I really believe in asking those in my community to pray for her has any effect? Right. Um, My marriage, my husband, I'm concerned, or my wife – what do we mean when we are asking someone to pray for my husband, my wife, my child, mm-hmm. my daughter? Mm-hmm. For many of us, those are just words. Do we really believe God can intervene? Right. And right. That, that something is at stake and that we're fighting for it? Bingo. So much is at stake. So much. And, and Craig, I think that if we believed that prayer could change things, that this isn't just the hand we're dealt, you know, mm-hmm. This isn't just, quote, God's will, end of sentence, you know. And if we saw and experienced prayer changing things, oh, my gosh, it would change the church. I mean, we would become a praying people. And then what would happen? Mm-hmm. I mean, so you, you can see the diabolical nature of this conviction, you know. Uh, getting into the church is the overall fruit of it is a staggering passivity. Mm-hmm. Why change? You know, this is just God's will. Why do anything? Why pray? Why give? Why share the gospel? You know, mm-hmm. well, because you're commanded to. Yeah, but, you know, it doesn't really make a difference. Right. Everything is already set. Yeah. Everything is already set. The color of the socks I'm going to wear tomorrow, everything yeah. is already set. And so well, my choices don't have any meaning to them. Where this ties into some of our uh, – one of our earlier discussions, John, about the centrality of the heart simply as well – the intimacy we're invited into is an intimacy where we bring all that we are mm. and have and are concerned about to God. Mm. 
Lord, I, I yearn for you to work and to move. And of course, there's some mm-hmm. core submission that says, not my will, but mm-hmm. your will, God. Mm-hmm, of course. But, but there's the coming with the heartfelt, deep passions mm-hmm. of yearning and longing for him to work and move. I mean, you see this in the prophets. You see this in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. God, frankly, changing his mind. Prayer, I mean, that cliche, prayer changes things. Right. Prayer moves the hand of God, as the old saints would say. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, again, we, we just need to qualify that in a short podcast, we can't unpack all this with precision. So, you know, hang on there. Don't, don't jump to conclusions about what we believe and don't believe. Uh, sovereignty of God, bottom line, is a profound mystery. Okay. Bottom line, and, and the greatest minds in the history of the church have admitted that, and, and it's a very difficult thing to describe and explain well so that you hit every point and balance everything perfectly. But there are a couple of core questions you have to ask, and one of them is, do people make meaningful choices? Yes. And if you answer yes, and, and you answer, do those choices have far-reaching implications – and you answer yes because the scripture teaches that, then you have to realize not everything that's happening is the will of God here. Does he allow it in his sovereignty? Yep. Why? That's a mystery. We don't even have time to begin to unpack that. But the hopefulness of this is that things can be different. Life is not just a set game where every play is determined beforehand mm-hmm. and, and there's no room for you to pray, to make Different choices than the ones you're making now to repent meaningfully. Right. You know, I mean, the, the, the call, you know, Jesus says is pray that things are different. Pray the kingdom of God comes. I'm just thinking of Paul in Romans. He's talking about the gospel, right? And, and he says, well, how will, how will they hear, right? Unless someone preaches, you know, and how will they preach unless they're sent? I mean, it's pretty staggering what God has given to us to participate in, in his sovereignty. God has allowed us a role to play that is incredibly meaningful and incredibly powerful, including the bringing of the gospel. I mean, you know, God doesn't just seize the airwaves once a week and broadcast the gospel across the world. He could. You know, why doesn't he just grab every television station, iTunes, every podcast, right, every radio show? He could do that. Just seize it all, every means of communication, and just broadcast the gospel. He says, no, you do it. The bringing of the gospel is for you to do, the praying for one another, laying on of hands, praying for healing, as we're commanded to do in James. All those meaningful things, God says, yeah, this is a partnership. This is a partnership. What was Augustine's phrase? Without God, we cannot. And without us, he will not. In his sovereignty, that's the kind of world he has set up here. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just – it will rescue the church from a staggering level of passivity and from believing some really terrible things about God to just get rid of this false, bad, faulty, unbiblical assumption that everything that happens mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. is God's will for me. Mm-hmm. John, just a a thought on one of your comments there. I think in this area, as in all the other significant areas of doctrine, 
We just have to be comfortable with a sense of mystery. Yeah. I mean, who has fully and clearly explained the Trinity, the virgin birth? I mean, that Jesus is fully God and fully man at the right. same time. Right. And so to, to say it's a bit of a mystery is, is nothing unique to the Christian faith. We believe we have meaningful choices. Our choices and our prayers can change things. And that God is sovereign over all. Mm-hmm. How that fleshes out is a mystery, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think going back to connect this to an earlier podcast, one of the things that will really demonstrate this for you personally in your life is spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. If you resist it, you can actually get victory over it. If you don't, you won't. Now, what? That's just – that's just set. That's determined. That's oh no, God's saying I'm giving you some say in this, right? Mm-hmm. You have some responsibility here. I command you to resist it. Now, if you don't, I'm not just going to take it all away. And I think people can suddenly see that the sovereignty of God is very dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's much more dynamic than they thought it was. It's not just this set in stone thing that God gives to us the dignity of causation. Our choices matter. And you can begin to see incredible breakthrough in your life if you'll live like that. And again, sort of Jesus gives us the principle of you shall know them by their fruits. The fruit of believing that everything that happens is the will of God has been incredibly passive, church. People are just checked out wholesale. Why bother? Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you loved it. We love getting your feedback as well. If you're enjoying these podcasts, and would like to leave us a comment, please visit the iTunes store and do so. And by the way, all of our audio resources are now available for purchase through the iTunes store. You can find our resources and our other podcasts by searching for either Ransomed Heart or John Eldridge on the iTunes store. And to find out more about Ransomed Heart, our podcasts, our events, and all of the things that we're offering and doing, come to our website, at www.ransomedheart.com.